0: Merry Christmas! Did we survive Christmas morning? So far? So far, so good? Did anybody not get what you wanted? Don't answer that. It's not... It's not. Okay, never mind. Um, it's Jesus' birthday. We celebrate this reality that our Lord came to be with us. Our Lord came to be a child among us. The first reading, like that promise, a child has been born for us, a Savior has been given us. And we ponder that mystery of mysteries like God, who is, who always was, who always will be as God. He had no beginning and will have no end as God. Yet as man, today, 2,022 years ago, began to be both God and man. He became a child. He was born. He's both divine and human. We were, if you think about it, designed and created in His image and likeness. But Mystery of Mysteries when through sin, that image and likeness in us had been corrupted and twisted and really messed up, God decided to be born in our image and likeness, to show us so we could see, this is what I'm supposed to look like, this is what I'm supposed to be, this is how I'm supposed to live as a human being. Our Lord came to be a child, And help us to be children of God. He came to show us the way. He came to gather everyone who's scattered throughout the world, all peoples, into one and to show them this is what it looks like to be a child of God. And you can sit with that because that's actually very profound just by itself. But think with me because he didn't just give us a model as if like he stands off at a distance saying look at me, imitate me, good luck. I think the birthday image helps us but it misses a little bit of Christmas. And I was distracted the last few days with another model, which I think kind of completes it more. Our Lord is often referred to as not just child in Bethlehem or shepherd to his sheep, but also as, as bridegroom. And it's thinking if we think about this, it, unlike our birthdays, where we are focused on gifts that we receive and presents that were waiting for us under the Christmas tree, for him on his birthday, he's doing something. He doesn't come asking for gifts and presents. He comes to give something himself. He lowers himself. Bows down low to the ground in humility. Picture him as if in Bethlehem in the manger scene, he's getting as low as you can go. He's taking a knee, getting down on one knee before his beloved women and men. And he asks for our hand in marriage. It's a betrothal towards a heavenly wedding feast. Christ comes before asking any gift of mine to give himself away to those he loves. And think about it, if you know all the fantasies and and fairy tales and princesses and and, and love stories of of royalty, like, it's always a rule. The royal can't marry the peasant. Right? Royalty and peasantry don't mix. So what does our Lord do when we are totally a mess because of our sin? He who has everything we could dream of, royal bliss, heavenly joy, joy without sorrow, love without any disappointments, love beyond perfection, life without death, without end, let go of all he had and all he was. He stripped himself of any royalty, and he humbly knelt before mortal man. He became a baby, he became mortal. He could be sick, he could hurt, he could suffer, he could be weak, he could be needy and have to depend on his mother to get everything he needed for him. He could die now, and he did. He did all that, how much he desired and desires to bind all that we are, you and me, to Himself. He wants to be one with His beloved. It's not enough for Him to give us a model far off to try to imitate. He wants to come into it with us. Holding us more than by the hand, but really fusing the two into one flesh. And not just your good stuff or my good stuff, does He assume unto Himself. He takes everything. He takes my Egotism, my junk, my shame, my poverty, my sin, my mortality, unto himself. And think of it like the prodigal son, right? We think of that story of the son coming home, and what does the father do to the son? Well, think about it like Jesus, who strips himself of his divine tunic and vesture, so that he can clothe me with that finest robe. He shares to me the royal signet ring on the divine finger, on His finger. That ring of all His identity. And mark who He was. It was a status ring. He gives that ring to me, and I put it on my finger. He shares His status to me. Now I am royal. Now I am very much divine in Him. He equips me with the sandals on His feet, having taken them off Himself, so that I can run with His strength and His speed. He says to us in this betrothal, Will you be mine? Will you receive all that I am? Will you let me have all of you? All of you. It's an invitation, it's a betrothal. Y'all know that nervous moment when the, the husband usually, the fiance, gets down on one knee. He says, will you marry me? And the whole world's waiting. What's she going to say? What's she going to say? What do you say today? What do we say when our Lord comes before us so lowly, so low to the ground, so humble, on one knee, vulnerable before us, even allowing us to reject His offer if we want to in our freedom? I come to assume your broken nature I take to myself everything that would make me like you. Be also you like me. Be one with me, my bride. I know it's hard for us and heavy for us at first, but I now carry it with you. You're no longer alone to carry it by yourself, as if you ever could. Be poor and broken with me in this human life and we know that this church is still struggling in so much difficulty and suffering suffer with me in this life knowing that together with me we will share my riches in heaven for they are all yours now and what god has joined in his own flesh and blood let no man separate and that is what it means to be church. That's what this is. That's why we call the church the bride of Christ. That's why you see sometimes in religious or priests that image of celibacy. Why would you be celibate? Why would you not have all the indulgence things of, of, of this life unless you realize someone's waiting to offer his hand to you and to all people. And you just strive to live for it as a model for others. Our Lord comes to give us that gift, to share in that Bridehood as the church invited. We're invited to do that together. The church is that gathering into one of so many who are scattered, so many who are different. He tries to bring them all together and He lifts up their dignity into His dignity. We cannot separate Christ from His church, from the people He's trying to gather. Yes, we have the freedom, each one of us, we know it. We have the freedom to reject that offering. But we can't separate him from that constant striving to bring everyone together as his beloved. We see him give his life, his blood, sweat, and tears for the church, for that gathering effort. We are that church. We are brought together. Let us not do anything that would hinder all that he's trying to do. Let us not do anything to separate ourselves from him. Let us not do anything to fracture what he's trying to gather into one. Let us remove from our hearts any sin against the, the, the unity of our, our community, of our people, of our church. Let us leave behind anything in ourselves that keeps us from a real communion of life and love with him. My mind has to adapt to his mind. My life has to adapt to his life, even as he's done so much to come towards me. Holy Communion is just that. Y'all heard me say this before, right? In marriage, you often have that little ring, that little signet ring, the ring of, of remembering. You know, the bride or the groom will look at that ring for decades, remembering all that was given up for them, all that was promised to them. The Eucharist is that same thing, a pledge, a promise, a commitment, and yet more than that. Our Lord transforms that symbol, it's not just a symbol anymore, into a real self-gift, renewed self-gift. Take this, all of you. This is my body given up for you, my bride. This is my blood poured out for you, my beloved. Commune with me and allow me to commune more with your day-to-day life. Footnote, remember, I think we talked about this last year. Bethlehem, it was like a spoiler in the movie. At the very beginning, there was a spoiler that even the name of the town would hint to the gift that was going to be given. House of bread in Hebrew, the bread of life. Jesus in the the feeding trough giving himself as the bread of life. And in Arabic, house of flesh. The bread that I will give, he said later, is my flesh for the life of the world. My body given up for you. Let us be renewed. As we prepare ourselves to receive Holy Communion, it is nothing routine. It is nothing boring. There is really nothing boring about Mass. If, if it is, there might be something wrong on the inside, in me. We to the Holy Spirit to reawaken us, to help us rediscover. Our Lord comes to be so intimate with us, stripping himself of so much to do so, Offering us so much, the exchange is entirely on to our advantage. He loses, we win. And he says, I'm fine with that, I choose that. May the Holy Spirit help us to make Christmas real. Not just a memory once every 12 months. But a deepening in a real change that has taken place. A real bond that has been formed. A real communion of life and love. So that all that I do, the good, the bad, the sacrifice, the pain, the suffering, I offer it to Him on the altar and He receives that. Makes it one with Him and offers back everything that is His. May our minds be open to ponder this mystery, the greatest mystery of our faith. How great is the love of God. How tremendous when I ponder what He's done for me. May we not miss the invitation to that intimate communion that is offered anew today. Amen? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, pray for us.